Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Max Podcast. My name is Steve Shaver. I'm the manager of service training for Max, the Mobile Air Climate Systems Association. And I'm here today with Peter Cole, president and COO of Max. Hello, Steve, Peter. Always a pleasure to be with you, Steve. Thank you, Peter. So for today's podcast, I'd like to discuss a topic that first came to our attention uh, a few months ago during the general session meeting at our Max 2023 training event and trade show in Nashville. And that's recycle versus reclaim. Hmm, there's a difference? Evidently, there is. Evidently, there is. <laughs> so in Nashville, we received an update from our friends at the US EPA, uh, which is something they've done for Max for, for decades. And, you know, we greatly appreciate the good working relationship we have with uh, the administration and what we've shared over the years. Um, so EPA provided an overview of the AIM Act, mm -hmm. uh, specifically uh, the technology transition proposed rule, which they're working on, uh, and their management of HFCs and substitutes, like the current HFC phase down that we're going through. Right. Um, but one of the AIM Act topics caught us a bit off guard. Um, and specifically, I'm talking about 42 USC 7675 which is uh, Title 42 of the United States Code, subsection 7675, subsection H, Correct. which, in brief, I know that's a, it's a mouthful, but in brief it says, a regulated substance that's used as a refrigerant that is recovered shall be reclaimed before the regulated substance is sold or transferred to a new owner. Right. So my question to you is this, what's going on here? I mean, aren't we reclaiming refrigerant when we remove it from a vehicle? Is recover the same thing as reclaim? And if not, what's the difference? And also, Section 609 of the Clean Air Act requires that shops recycle refrigerant using an EPA-certified recovery recycle machine or a machine or a charge cart. So is there a difference between recycle and reclaim? What's going on here? Yeah, so uh, um, you know, you you were privileged enough, uh, just as I was, to sit through that presentation by our friends at the EPA and kind of the oohs and ahs in the audience when the, when the, they they told us what was going on. But uh, it, it, in short, um, what we learned, and we knew this way back when, when the Clean Air Act amendment was passed, and we had Section Six Hundred Eight and Section Six Hundred Nine. And in Section 608, which is industrial commercial air conditioning, it's always been the requirement that if I'm going to recover refrigerant from a system and I'm going to uh, recharge that system, I had to reclaim the refrigerant back to the purity standards of AHRI 700 in order to transfer ownership of that refrigerant. So, so that's where they were making the distinction there was the change of ownership. Right, required reclaim. And and very common in the commercial space because what they'll do is they're not bringing a, a portable recycling machine out to Oh house, gosh, no. <laughs> right? They suck your refrigerant out into a cylinder and then they fix your system and then they recharge it with a fresh virgin or reclaimed cylinder that had already been processed. They take that recovered refrigerant from your house and then they go to the next house. They recover their refrigerant. It goes into that same cylinder. So now I've got Steve's refrigerant in there and I've got Jim's refrigerant in there. 
problem is I can't use that now to recharge anybody's house until it's been reclaimed. So that's what we originally thought when we saw this in the AMAC. Oh, they're just reinforcing the rules for EPA Section 608 about transfer of ownership prior to reclaiming the refrigerant. Little did we know that it didn't apply in this particular case, this subsection H, didn't apply just to industrial or home or commercial air conditioning, that it applied to all regulated substances and their substitutes. So regulated substances could be um, uh, anything. Could be R134A, could be R410A, could be R22. Their substitutes could be 1234YF. So this section suggests that once I have refrigerant, 134A or YF, that has been recovered from the system, I can't transfer ownership of that refrigerant until it's been reclaimed. And that has not been the process in automotive for 30 years. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why the people in the audience were sort of taken back and confused by the whole thing. Because, you know, I guess, you know, all words have definitions and you know terminology and whatnot. But I think a lot of people thought, well, reclaim, that's what we're doing. We are reclaiming the refrigerant out of the vehicle. But evidently, reclaim is a whole industrial process that happens to refrigerant that's been removed from a system. It doesn't have to be a vehicle. It could be, like you said, your house. It could be refrigerators at a a big box store. It could be the air conditioners on the roof here at Max. Correct. Yep. It could be other substances, too. Firefighting substances, you know, halons, that kind of thing. It's like foam-blowing agents and... And any regulated substance is, is what they're classifying. So... So I'll say we were caught off guard, and and I said my first thought when I heard this was, oh, somebody screwed up. They forgot to put or recycled in there. You know, they didn't they didn't mean reclaim. They meant reclaimed to this standard or recycled to an SAE standard. Right. And we come to find out that no, that's not really what they meant. Um, so I think it's important to kind of talk about what the difference is between recycling and reclaim. So I'll start with reclaim, and then you can talk about the recycling part. Um, Reclaim is a process where that refrigerant goes through a transition, and that transition could be separating other refrigerants from it using a cracking tower or distillation process to separate, let's talk the old days, uh, R12 from R134. So if the vehicle had two refrigerants mixed in, right. this reclaiming process can separate those Correct. components. That's right, right. But uh, many, many refrigerants, many components, it's somewhat harder than others, but it can be. It also does things like removes acid, removes moisture, removes high boiling residue uh, components, which include things like oil. Okay. From it. Uh, removes non-condensable gas. Oh, so air. Air, Yeah. Right. But the reclaim standard is interesting because the reclaim standard is exactly the same standard from an AHRI perspective or a certifying body perspective as virgin refrigerant. So if I buy virgin refrigerant, they'll say it meets the AHRI 700 standard. If 
I buy reclaimed refrigerant, they'll say it meets the AHRI 700 standard. So the same standard for both. Same standard for both. Right. So it's taking the refrigerant and bringing it back to its virgin state so that it can then be resold. And in the commercial industry, that has worked very well. Although not everybody is sending their refrigerant back. You know, we're, we're aware that there are occasions where in the back of the truck over a weekend, in the back of a warehouse, they're like, yeah, you know, it's not worth the hassle and it gets vented. And, and I think that's one of the drivers here. I think they looked at the amount of refrigerant they were getting back compared to how much they thought they should get back. And they said, you know what, we need to reinforce this rule and we need to make it kind of like a law. So that's why they put this in the AMAC. That's why they put it in the AMAC. And unfortunately, they kind of forgot all about us poor automotive folks and how well we've been doing it. So, so now you know what kind of reclaim is. And if we talk about what recycling is, we're talking about AC service machines, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, just to clarify for our listeners and for our viewers. Uh, so AHRI is the Air Conditioning, Heating, and Refrigeration Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, an association so to speak, yep. similar to Max, yep. uh, similar to SAE, the Society of Automotive Engineers, the old school name. And that's the body that writes the standards for virgin refrigerants when they're new, right. and also for, like you're saying, the reclaim part. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They just left out recycling for the automotive sub automotive sector. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, about like how we kind of play silly, and we're like, <laughs> Folks, my friends at the EPA, guess what? You left out recycling. Yeah, just, I forgot about you know it. You didn't define it right. So why don't we just make recycling equal to reclaim and then everybody's happy. There we go. But we have our own standard, SAEJ 2099, right? Right. So in the automotive world for mobile air conditioning, because, you know, for trucks and con ag equipment, so we have to follow Section 609. Traditionally, we follow Section 609 regulations for technicians and shop owners for how we do our work. So part of those regulations are we are required by law to use uh, EPA certified recover only or recover recycle machines. Correct. So basically these machines uh, have to meet SAE standards. Mm -hmm. So machines like, you know, tried and true J2788 recovery recycle machine for 134A. Mm -hmm. um, it has to meet the SAE standards. They have to be tested by an independent lab, and then EPA certifies them that we can use them in the shop, right? right? And we're required by law to do this. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is where another disconnect is coming into play here, because on the one side, we have 609 that, I mean, the law, the Section 609 is part of the Clean Air Act. That law hasn't changed, and there's no... There's no intentions, there's no work being done to modify it at all. Right. And now you have the AIM Act that came into place basically 30 years later yeah. that's saying you have to do things a completely different way. Right. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of the challenge. So when you look at AHRI 700, some of the basics, and we'll go through all of all of the specs. Because it's big. <laughs> but, but yeah, because, well, it's big because it encompasses a lot of refrigerants, but um, there's certain key aspects of it. For example, a refrigerant that meets AHRI 700 is at least 99.5% pure. We have, on our side, for our AC service machines in the automotive space, 
we have, uh, as you mentioned, J2788, J2843. And the spec that they have to meet when they're recycling refrigerant is SAE J2099. So 2099 doesn't require 99.5% purity, it requires 98% purity. Right, it's not as stringent as the original, because it's not virgin material. You're recycling it in a shop, Right. you're not gonna get it as clean yeah. as you are and the, and the uh, the non-condensable gas standard is the same, 1.5%. But other standards like moisture, acid, um, high boiling residue are more strict on the AHRI side, right, AHRI 700, than they are on the SAE 2099 side. And somebody might say, well, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with having a cleaner refrigerant. But based on 30 years of history, that we've been doing this, we know that 98% is perfectly suitable. And, um, you know, along with the other slightly higher specs for the contaminants, particulates and so forth, that are listed in the 2099 standard. Right. That we don't really need the purity of the AHRI standard. Um, but, you know, somebody might look at it and say, hey, that's okay, there's still no problem. Except there is a problem. And the problem is that I can't, there are two, probably three problems. First of all, I can't transfer ownership. So if I recover the refrigerant from Steve's car, that goes into an internal cylinder into an AC service machine. That internal cylinder might have some refrigerant from Peter's car, could have some refrigerant from Kim's car, because all that gets recycled or purified to the SAE standard on the way into the internal storage tank and then kind of gets all mixed together. And for 30 years, we've been able to just well, recharge Steve's car again with whatever was in the tank. It was it met the purity standard and the ownership wasn't a problem. You know, some, some was Kim's, some was Steve's, some was Peter's, no big deal. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Because it's all the same material. I mean, it's the same stuff, right? You know, who cares whose car it came from? Right. At that point. Um, certainly the consumer didn't care. Yeah, and the car doesn't right. care. The car, car doesn't care. Right. The shop doesn't care. And when you have a case where you have a car that comes in that has no refrigerant in it, that's why we have that virgin cylinder. So, you know, you're charging some virgin material into the internal tank to make sure it has enough, you know, minimum, depending on the machine, and maybe four kilograms of material inside in order to start. And then it just pulls people in and it, and it sends the refrigerant out. Everybody's, as we say, fat, dumb, and happy. Um, but when you go to reclaim, reclaim is something you can't do in the shop. So that requirement is I recover the refrigerant from Steve's car using an SAEJ2851 vacuum pump in a box kind of machine. So a little more than that, but. So basically the recover only machine, which right. is one of our, one of the tools that's an option for us to use under 609. That's right, right, right. The recovery only machine. And then I recover that into a dedicated recovery cylinder. So I recover Steve's refrigerant from there. Then I recharge Steve's car with my virgin bottle of refrigerant through my AC service machine, which has, starts with no refrigerant in it. I pre-charge my four kilograms of virgin material. So I'm only putting virgin material or potentially reclaimed material into Steve's car. What came out of Steve's car goes in the storage bottle. 
And then I do Kim's card. What comes out of her card goes into this storage bottle. And I take my AC service machine and I don't recover with it. I pull a vacuum and I recharge with, again, this virgin or reclaimed material. The problem is, what do I do with this storage bottle that I've been collecting in the refrigerator? Well, obviously what we used to do is I didn't really have a storage bottle because it went into the AC service machine, got recycled, went into the internal storage tank, combined with a little virgin material, maybe Steve's car was low on charge or something, and then I recharge it back in. Now I'm going to deal with this storage container. So now I need to take this storage container when it gets full, which is like 80% of the rated capacity. So what if it's like a 50-pound tank, recovery tank, I can put up to 40 pounds of refrigerant or something like that. Right. Right. And then I got to call up a reclaimer. And um, so I'll call one of my reclaimer friends and they're not on every corner. And then they might send me a label to put on that tank. So I load it up on that diesel powered truck. And then I ship that 50 pound tank off 200 miles away to be cleaned up. And then they clean it up. And then I get to buy it back from them. So instead of just taking the refrigerant out of the car, sucking it into the recovery machine, recycling it in the filters that are built into the machine, yep. and then recharging cars with it, now we're going to have to, if this goes through, you're going to have to use a recover-only machine, suck that refrigerant out, put it into a tank, yep. and then send that tank out to be reclaimed. Correct. And then buy it back. And then buy it back when you're done. And then buy it back when I'm done. So are you... Right potentially selling it to them, or we don't know yet. We don't know. We right. know. It depends on whether they assign a value to it. We went through all this with R22 years ago, you know, particularly in the commercial space, and there was value to it. But there's significant inconvenience related to this. So I think this is a good time to recognize that the EPA was caught off guard the same way we are. Right. It's the EPA didn't make this stuff up. They didn't they, they didn't make this up. Right. And this was written into the law. Once this came out, we're like, oh, you're the EPA. You can fix anything. Just right. fix it. And they're like, well, we wish we could, but it's a law and we have to comply. So um, so they are 100% behind the way we've been doing this for years. Right. They think we do a great job. We think we do a great job. Yeah, and they actually wrote all the rules that we have to follow. Exactly. They've been writing them for 25, 30 years. And, and really, ever since the, the days of the transition from 12 to 134, they've become our industry partners. Because, look, there's certain things that you can't fight about. Right. Um, and, and they've been very cooperative over the years as a whole. And they're, they're, they want to be cooperative here, but they're like, we need to work together to try to solve this. Right. And so at the end of the day, the problem here is that one, this rule, if it went through just like it's written, um, has an environmental penalty, not an environmental benefit. The penalty is I need to take this and I need to put it on that diesel truck transport it 200 miles away. So it's the shipping part, sending this stuff off. The amount of energy required Mm -hmm. to do the reclamation part compared to a little bit of electricity on your AC service machine and, you know, 15 minutes of your AC service machine 
in the process of doing what it's doing. Yeah, because I can imagine a distillation tower uses a lot more energy than my little triple yeah, R cart does. Exactly. And then I have to buy it back. And, and, you know, from a shop perspective, look, if I pull a pound of refrigerant out of Steve's car, because I have to service his car, I'm going to charge him to recycle a pound of refrigerant. Right. It's basically what we're doing with, with the machine is we're charging the customers to recycle their refrigerant, clean it up. That's right. Right. Because if I couldn't do that, I'd have to charge her for new refrigerant. It so happens that we charge the same amount per pound to recycle it as we would for new refrigerant. And, you know, there's some pro- a profit center for the shop. And that, that's fine. That's, that's the way it works. Right. Um, but if they always had to new, use new refrigerant, I still have to charge you to recover your refrigerant. I've got to charge you some fee to send it off for reclamation because that doesn't happen for free. Right. You're going to have to recoup your cost of sending right. it off. Get some cost back here. You know, there's labor involved and time and everything. Um, and then, of course, it goes back on that diesel truck and ships back to me. Because, remember, it already shipped to somebody. It already went somewhere. And then now I'm going to ship it back, have them clean it up and test it, and then send it back to me. So we have one issue there with the the fact that if the rule were to go through as written, good news is we've got some angles that we're working to make it not happen that way. But um, if if it went through, we've got an environmental penalty. We've got a cost issue related to the shops. We potentially have a compliance issue. You just paid five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand $10,000 for that 1234 YFAC service machine. And we basically neutered it and said, well, you can't recover with it. You can't recycle with it. All you can do is pull a vacuum and recharge with it. Right. Because if I do anything else, Legally. I'm mixing refrigerants. Right. right. And so people won't be happy about that. The other kind of problem that, that exists is the standard says, or the law says, that I must reclaim it and I must test it using the methodology within the AHRI 700 standard for testing, which means that it, you need to have a gas chromatograph. You need to use some Carl Fisher titration method to measure some other part of the purity. So not just a refrigerant identifier, not a just refrigerant analyzer. identifier or, hey, look, you know, I, the machine's certified as long as I change my filters every 150 pounds or whatever they're, they're supposed to be changed, I know that I'm getting good stuff out of here. And, you know, a refrigerant analyzer is not a gas chromatograph, and certainly nobody has a Carl Fisher titration method of testing something in their back pocket. Right, you just can't do that in a yeah, shop. It's just not, not practical to do all these lab tests in a shop. So um, so we kind of our work kind of out for us to try to get around this. Fortunately, right. EPA recognizes this and they're like, hey, let's put our heads together and figure out what options. So we came up with the first option and that has to do with some of the, the provisions in the rule. Right. Like, what's our favorite one? Where appropriate. Right. right. So we actually wrote this uh, up in a blog that we posted on the Max website. So, right, maxfieldwaterclimate.org. And then in our scroll all the way down to the bottom to our blog page, and the article is Recycle versus Reclaim. Right. So, you know, you can read a lot of the details there. But but one of the statements, there's a couple of key statements in the, in the law, in the AMAC law. One is it says where appropriate. Where appropriate. Right, shall consider and may coordinate. 
So we said, hey, let's just deem automotive not appropriate. Let's right. just say all section EPA section 609 applications are not appropriate. For, for this part of the aim. For this part. Right. Section 608 is because that's what they've been supposed to be doing for a long time. But let's just carve out section 609 or, as they say, MVAC and MVAC like appliances. Right. Um, and they're like, well, yeah, no, we can't do that. And we're like, well, we don't understand why I can't do it. We're like, yeah, we can't do that. And we're like, okay, we still don't understand. And they're like, listen, dude, we can't do that. Okay. Um, I said, hey, guess what? They screwed up. We just need to make recycle equal reclaim, and then we're good. They didn't like, like that either. No, because recycle is not exactly the same as reclaim. I'm like, okay, when you know that. I know that, but everybody else doesn't know that. Right. And we'll just pull the That's work. the whole terminology we'll thing again. Work, work out fine. Um, and then the May coordinate. The May coordinate was really interesting because there's potentially a conflict in the laws because it says the Section 609, as they were in, these these EPA standards were or SAE standards were incorporated by reference. Um, says I have to use an SAEJ 2843 or 2851 or 3030 machine. And my 609 certification basically says if I'm servicing for compensation, I have to use one of those machines. Okay, required by law to do it. Right. Right. And now they're saying, well, you have to use two of those machines. Oh, because, because you have to use a 2851 to pull it out. And you need to use a 2843 to put it to back recharge, in. right. Right. And we're like, yeah, but it basically says I'm good to go if I use this 2843 machine. And they're like, yeah, but and we're like, okay, we're not quite getting it, but we're going to roll with you here that you're saying we can't do this. So we've looked at a number of alternatives on how to get around this. And and this is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because if you're a dealership, you have to comply. Right. Dealerships. If you're, big if you're chain a big shops. box chain, you have to comply. Right. We know how those those rules work. If they find one, one site not complying, then they assume all the sites aren't complying and they come down hard. And, and you know, those penalties can just be enormous. Right. And those guys aren't going to take chances. Yeah. They're not right. going to screw around take chances. Right. Um, but it's all the mom and pops out there that said, I just spent $7,000 on it. And guess what? You know what? If there's no police officer around to see me doing 70 and a 55, then I did break the law. Right. And, um, and, and the EPA recognizes that and they don't want that to happen. And, and they also recognize that we do it really, really well. Right. In automotive. And we've been doing it well for 30 years. Right. And, and they don't want to upset that out. So, uh, so we looked at all the different options, and um, as you know, I spent some time on the phone today with uh, with calls with uh, with other parties, and it says I don't know if you find that spot for the AHRI seven hundred twenty sixteen or um, or its successor standard, and that's what it refers to. Right. It says, uh, yes, kind of. That is, until you read the AMAX definition of reclaiming, which says, in brief, the reprocessing of a recovered regulated substance to at least the purity described in AHRI standard 700-2016. So that's the reference to the specific document that was done back at that time. 
Correct. And and they allow you to go to a successor standard because in reality, here's the deal. 2016 isn't used anymore. Now it's, it's 2019. It's 2019, right. and we're about to have 2024 or 2023. Right. That's that's. Common. They're working on, an, on the next on the, version. On that next version. Right. And all that makes sense because as we add refrigerants, we have to update the version. So, um, so the proposal now, or, or the suggestion that we and SAE and AHRI and um, uh, other industry advocate groups is that we go ahead and we allow the requirement for AHRI 700, but we modify AHRI 700 to carve us out and hopefully point back to for EPA section 609 or MVAC and MVAC-like appliances, it will reference back to SAE J2099. So instead of instead of EPA changing the language they would use in their NPRM, their notice of proposed rulemaking, you basically have AHRI and SAE work together to recraft the next version of AHRI 700. Right. Solve the problem there rather than try to solve it through the implementation of the rule for the AIM Act. Right. And if, and if we can get that done and we get that done well, that means that your machine that you bought that was SAE certified to 2788 or, or 2843 or J3030 that already complies with the requirements of SAE J2099 for how well it purifies the refrigerant will be perfectly good to use and you'll be able to change ownership of the refrigerant after it's gone through that machine and that's what you do today. Right. And you won't have to send it off, and we won't have the environmental penalties of that diesel truck traveling with 50 pounds of weight. 200 miles, wherever it's going, off to the reclaimer facility. And and you'll be able to continue charging a recycling fee for the refrigerant, um, as opposed to having to use virgin and so forth. Right. Um, There's going to be some parties that are not excited. By the way, I I spoke with um, a couple of the reclaim folks. Reclaimers that I knew from my prior life. So the companies that are actually doing this that are doing reprocessing EPA certified reclaimers. So then right. I called them up and I said, "What do you know about this?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, um, we kind of just discovered this, and it, we really screwed up because we never intended it for you and automotive. It was never intended for you. We don't think we're getting enough refrigerant back in the commercial industrial space." So we were all in favor of having this in the rule. It kind of reinforces EPA Section Six Hundred Eight. And yeah, we're sorry. It was an oversight that we didn't kind of carve you guys out because we love the way you guys do it today. And you're like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you not thinking about us. Right. Um, but at the same time, they, um, a number of them said, you know, we can't handle the extra refrigerant. You guys process a lot of refrigerant. Yeah, could you imagine all every pound of refrigerant that gets recycled out of vehicles having to, having be, to be sent, sent off? Back, right? That's a lot of cars. And then imagine the number of tanks that would be needed. Because you oh, have right. to have one or more uh, recovery tanks. Shops would need to shuffle tanks around with a They'd couple tanks for And then they come back, and and you know we have a tank shortage as it is. That's that's a known issue in the industry. And so, tanks are changing. We're going to be going to reusable disposables to, to right refillables, and uh, 
it's just not the right thing to do to upset the apple cart. Right. Um, we are not out of the woods at all. Um, no, this is still, here. we're kind of in the early stages right. of this whole thing. Yeah. And by the way, you know, um, it's costing a lot of money. It's costing a lot of money. Oh, yeah, this process is not free. <laughs> this process is not free. No. So when I got to get on the plane and fly out to Chicago and talk to the folks at the big box stores, you know, in a meeting out there. Or go down to Tampa to talk to Tampa to meet with HRI and, and have some conversations about how this process might look moving forward and, and the time and energy from our friends at SAE and HRI being on the phone and, and, um, and so forth. Um, but, you know, having said all that, the EPA remain our partners in this. Right. They have to be our partners. They remain our partners. So um, we're going to work with them any way we can. But the goal is to make it so that you can continue the process that you have used for 30 years in your shop uninterrupted uh, without any addition, additional regulatory burden. Um, and just keep doing it right. Right. That's that. That's the end goal. You just imagine we're going to get new refrigerants coming down the road, maybe for EVs and so forth. And one of our fears is that if this went through, somebody just takes their twenty-eight fifty-one recovery only machine, and every car that comes in the door just gets sucked out into the same tank. Right. That's a reclaimer's problem now. I can't reuse it. It's his problem. And. He's not, I'm not paying any more to him when I buy refrigerant back from him if I send him dirty stuff or clean stuff. And frankly, he may not know it came from me. What difference does it make? Right. They're going to put the tank on a truck with 50 other tanks. Who knows what shop it came from? Yeah. And, you know, so I mix my 134A and my YF and I'm like, what difference does it make? I'm not trying to reuse it. I can't reuse it as it is. Um, but that would be bad because... You know, now well, it might be good for some of the refrigerant suppliers because maybe I have enough refrigerant that I'm like, I just have to incinerate this. It's not worth separating. You know, but, uh, but we don't want any of that stuff to happen. We want you to continue doing good quality AC service like you have. And we're going to work hard to, to ensure you can do that. And, um, and you got to pay attention to our blog and our magazine and renew your membership and all that kind of stuff. And you'll keep getting the that good information, you'll get surveys from us, um, emails directly to our members with the latest on what's going on and how they can help us by writing t to the EPA or their senator, whoever it might be. Right, because there's going to be um, there is going to be a comment period yeah. uh, when this notice of proposed rulemaking actually gets put published, which we think is going to be later this summer. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be an opportunity for Max and for individuals, and shop owners, and uh, technicians to write and comment to the EPA and basically politely and nicely let them know what you think about their proposed rule, whatever right. that may, may or may not be. Right, right. right. And this is one of those cases where we really have to, you know, we don't want to continue to sing the praises of the EPA, but you know what, Shanice, Cindy, if you're out there listening, <laughs> love you. Uh, uh, but where, where we really are partnering with the EPA because we do see things the same way and this was not their doing. Right. Uh, not their director. Uh, this right. was Congress is doing as one of the last acts of our 45th president to sign this bill into law in December of 2020. Right. Yeah, and we actually wrote that in the blog, too, that um, because the blog, you know, kind of goes goes through, you know, where we came from in the 90s and then how we've worked with EPA 
um, what the process has been, what uh, could potentially become our new process. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's a, honestly, it's a bit of a downer. You know what I mean? Because you, when you look at it from how we've been doing things, and, and look, it's not just EPA partnering, it's us partnering with EPA just as much. And yeah. when I look at what our members do and what general shop technicians and, you know, non-MAX members are doing, I mean, for the most part, I, you know, 95, 98% of shops out there are doing it the right way. Right. We all know that the environment's important and we don't want to vent the refrigerant to the atmosphere because it's it's bad for the environment. It's bad for global warming. It's bad for the ozone layer in some cases. And so we want to do things the right way. Right. Right. But at the same time, like you were saying, you know, with this whole shipping refrigerant off to be reclaimed, you know, we, we can see that plain as day that that's... You know, we're recycling it to 98% purity, which is more than good enough to work in the next car that comes in. Right. Sending it off with all that diesel emissions and the cost and the time and the effort. Right. To make it from 98 to 99.5 is, I mean, that's and, and the reality is, Steve, the vast majority of refrigerant that comes out of these systems is already 99. Right, exactly. We're already it's not at 98. Because we the minimum it. pressure. We know. <laughs> Right, and and it's already really good, right. especially in twelve thirty four life, because you have a refrigerant analyzer that's going to kick out the bad stuff. We said years and years ago, nobody ever just goes and contaminates a system with one or two or three percent of something else. Man, if I'm going to pump one thirty four into a YF system, you know, you're feeling it. <laughs> give me yeah. a half a pound. Give right. Me, right, give me a full pound. That puppy was empty. I fixed the hose. You know, let me pump it full. I'm not not doing little bits here and there, right. but um, but yeah, there there are partners and and we want to work with them and we'll continue working. We don't see an end to this, by the way. Just in case you're curious, until maybe 2024, 2025, because they'll put out their notice of proposed rulemaking. We'll have a comment period. Part of the notice of proposed rulemaking, you know, depending on how everything's written, is is it may say may, I don't know but may say, at least this is what we'd like to say, that um, that the ARHRI is in the process of revising their standards and you know we, we don't want you to put this rule out until we have a chance to look at our standards and, and incorporate the automotive space into the standards. Right, which makes sense. And, and it'll take a little while. And then, then you know, once we get that done, um, they'll put out another... Uh, final, final rule, which says now that that's done, now it's in in place, and it doesn't change anything you have to do in the shop. Right. Um, that option is still out there, by the way. If you do not want to recycle the refrigerant, you are welcome to recover it with an EPA-approved machine, put it in a bottle, and put it on that diesel truck and send it away to a reclaimer. You're allowed to do that. Nothing stops you from, from doing it. Right. We're just trying to keep recycling as part of the as part of the game. Exactly. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's exciting times, as you've said on other episodes, just when we thought it was over, it's not over. It's not over yet. It's yeah. not over. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please give a thumbs up and please subscribe to be notified about future episodes. My name is Steve Shaver. And I'm Peter Paul. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast is a production of Max, the Mobile Air Climate Systems Association. Max is the nonprofit trade association for the mobile air conditioning industry 
representing manufacturers, tier one suppliers, tool and equipment providers, parts distributors, and of course, service shops, owners, and technicians. Max is a membership-driven organization serving the industry through training, education, advocacy, government relations, standards writing, and EPA Section 609 certification. If you'd like to learn more about Max, please visit us on our website, www.maxmobileairclimate.org, where you can join Max as a member. This podcast was produced by me, Steve Schaber, executive produced by Melissa Pizarro and Pam Smith, and hosted by Steve Schaber and Peter Cole. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give a thumbs up and please subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thanks for listening.